strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. everybody, it's Matt Salmon. Happy Friday. And for Mike Broomhead, I'm learning all the technical glitches here, mostly caused by me. Uh, but I'm uh, thrilled to be on the program again today. I'd like to chat for a minute about, uh, uh, you know, the election, about what happened with uh, uh, Cochise County. Uh, they were ordered uh, by a uh, Superior Court judge out of Pima County uh, to canvass the election. Uh, two out of the three people did uh, then canvass the election. And now uh, the Secretary of State has all of the counties from Arizona who have canvassed the election. And it's ready to go for Monday uh, so that the governor, Secretary of State, Attorney General, and the presiding judge uh, can canvass and certify that election and and move forward. You know, I want to talk just a little bit about the rule of law, because as somebody that has served in office, you know, we uh, raise our right hand to the square and we swear to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, we swear that we're going to uphold the law. And I just want to talk a little bit about the rule of law. You know, before the U.S. Constitution and the provisions that were put forth in the Bill of Rights uh, regarding our inalienable rights and uh, the uh, laws that were put forward uh, based on uh, letting people know uh, what the laws are, due process, that you can't be uh, prosecuted uh, with, without knowing exactly what you're being prosecuted for. And then when you go into a trial, you have a right to face your accusers. You have a right to a speedy trial. You have a right uh, to uh, produce your own evidence. You have a right to cro- have your lawyer cross-examine the witnesses. I want the listeners out there to just think about this for a minute. Let's say you were accused of a very serious crime, a capital crime, uh, murder, in which uh, in the first degree in which uh, you could uh, not only lose your freedom, but you could be executed. Aren't you as happy as I am that there are certain rules and regulations and laws that have to be adhered to in our uh, judicial process and that the jury members uh, can't just make a decision based on how they feel in their gut about the, 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 the defendant, but they actually have to adhere uh, to uh, the uh, what the witnesses say, the cross examinations, and the evidence presented at the trial, aren't you as happy as I am that your freedom or your very life wouldn't be jeopardized uh, by uh, uh, just happenstance, just the jury basically voting on a whim or uh, deciding whether or not you're guilty uh, based on uh, how they feel or how they uh, rolled out of bed that morning? that they have to do it based on evidence. Well, that's the way our elections are done, too. And so when it comes to making these decisions uh, as to whether it was a fair election or not, you kind of got to put up or shut up. Now, I've heard all kinds of rumors out there about this possibly happened, conspiracy ideas. This may have happened. This might have happened. But when it comes to something as important as adhering to our rule of law, we have got to make sure that we follow the law. 
and that we follow where the evidence takes us and that we go through the process. In Arizona revised statutes, it's very clear. Let's uh, hear what uh, Ken Bennett had to say about this. Okay, I, I guess it's not coming up. So let's. I had Kenneth Bennett on. Um, he was the former Secretary of State, and he talked about what kind of flexibility the Secretary of State has in that ultimate canvas of the state. What what kind of? Oh, I, I, we got it up now. So let's go ahead and play that. Sixteen six forty two says that the counties shall not may or think about it shall uh, canvass the election no less than six days after the election no more than twenty and and so there's not there's flexibility between six and twenty days but whether or not you can do it is not an option. Okay, so Ken Bennett was the Secretary of State. And he's also been a state senator. He's been elected to the state senate again. He is as knowledgeable about election law as anybody within the state. He's also a Republican, a conservative Republican from Prescott, Arizona. And that's what he just said. You don't have the flexibility as a county uh, to decide whether or not you're going to uh, uh, canvass the election. You have a, a time frame that you have to work within, and it says shall, not may. You have to do it. And so I, I just want to throw that out there uh, to the listeners today that uh, I know we get all worked up. And uh, we get we hear these things uh, from our friends and we read these things on the Internet. But after all is said and done, the proper process is to have the counties first uh, canvass the election, then certify the election, then put that up to the state. And then at a date certain, and that happens to be this next Monday, uh, the uh, governor, secretary of state, attorney general, and presiding judge will sign a document that certifies the election from the state of Arizona. And then after that process, the way that our statutes uh, have uh, uh, written the election law and and tells us uh, how to proceed from there, then if there are questions about the election— if there are uh, legal issues that need to be uh, addressed, then is the proper time to file a lawsuit, and then is the proper time uh, to litigate. That happened actually in 2001 uh, during the election uh, of President George W. Bush and his opponent, Al Gore. And you remember there was a lot of hoopla about what was going on in Florida. And uh, these elections were certified, and then uh, it went to the Supreme Court. They were certified by the states, and it went to this. It ultimately went to the Supreme Court. It went up through the process as it should, and uh, George W. Bush was uh, uh, declared by the Supreme Court to be the rightful uh, president of the United States. Folks, laws matter. Rule of laws matter. Rule, rule of law matters, and we need to make sure that in Arizona we follow the rule of law. A hundred percent. Next uh, up, we're going to be talking about China cracking down on these COVID protests. It's so sad. There are one one and a half billion people in China, and they are living in the most oppressive regime you can imagine. I've been over there uh, over thirty times, and the Chinese people—they're good people, but they have an evil government, and we've got to stand strong. 
so I hope you'll stay with us for that next segment. Thank you. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Good morning, everybody. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. And uh, thanks for sticking around. Uh, at 1030, I'm going to have Shane Krauser. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have uh, heard Shane speak. He's one of the most exciting uh, people that actually really brings the Constitution down home to us in a very, very common uh, way that we can all understand. And he explains the, the importance of it and, and how we need to get back on track if uh, we're going to survive uh, successfully as a nation. That'll be at 1030. But right now, I want to talk about something that really breaks my heart. Uh, you see what's happening in China right now with uh, these COVID uh, crackdowns. And, and uh, uh, a lot of people have taken to the streets uh, to protest uh, what the Chinese government's been doing. And most recently, this is from the Wall Street Journal. The online regulators tell the big tech companies in China to expand censorship of information on demonstrations and take steps to curb the virtual private networks used to bypass the online controls. China's Internet Watchdog instructed tech companies to expand censorship of protests and move to curb access to virtual private networks this week as a government clampdown succeeds in keeping most protesters off the streets after nationwide demonstrations erupted all over the weekend against the country's strict COVID policies. You know, um, when I was a young man, I think uh, those of you that have heard me talk about this before, I hope I'm, I'm not just uh, uh, boring you, but uh, I, I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Taiwan. One of the freest uh, democracies in the whole world today. Uh, when I lived there, it wasn't so. I was there from 1977 to 79. But as you probably know, a lot of the folks that came to Taiwan and started uh, the, the Taiwan government were people that escaped from mainland China during Mao Zedong's takeover of communist China. And you probably remember Chiang Kai-shek uh, led the uh, Guomingda forces uh, uh, against the communist forces and was forced out of China into Taiwan, and, and, and that's how Taiwan became a nation. But they are much more frightened of uh, China even than we are. Uh, they constantly face a threat uh, of China uh, invading uh, their country, and I know a lot of you have watched this on the news, uh, but the fact is they have a thriving democracy, and we've got to do everything we can to uphold that and to strengthen that. Uh, I, uh, Because I learned how to speak Mandarin Chinese uh, and uh, got to know a lot about that region, of the world. When I became a U.S. congressman, I was placed on the Foreign Affairs Committee, and I had a prominent role uh, dealing with uh, uh, China and Asia uh, from that uh, from that time forward. I've been over to China probably thirty times, uh, and. I've been over to Hong Kong uh, to work with uh, the student rebellions and the student protests uh, called the Umbrella Movement uh, that uh, protested the lies uh, that were made by China in 1997 uh, when uh, China was uh, handed back from uh, Great Britain uh, to China. I was there for that handover ceremony. Prince Charles, who is now King Charles, officiated that ceremony. 
and uh, there were T-shirts with a, a picture of the Union Jack being painted over uh, with the Chinese uh, uh, flag symbol. It was, a, it was a heart-wrenching time. But lots of promises were made by China at that time that it would be one country, two system, and that Hong Kong would still have its political autonomy. Well, it was a lie. And uh, up in, you know, uh, when uh, uh, Deng Xiaoping became the uh, president of China, he made lots of uh, commitments about opening up to the West and opening up to democratic ideas. And every president until this current president, Xi Jinping, uh, moved forward, I think, toward uh, those goals, those lofty goals. This president, like Putin, has declared himself the eternal leader, and there have been crackdowns upon uh, China. And, folks, I know the Chinese people. I've been over there. I've met with and spoken with the Chinese people. They have as many hopes and dreams for their families as we do in this country. And there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful people that live over in China. Unfortunately, they are ruled by an oppressive, evil government headed by a thug named Xi Jinping that uh, wants nothing more than the communist glory days. And it breaks my heart to see what's happening right now with this crackdown on freedom of speech and trying to crack down, just like we saw with Tiananmen Square, when those students stood up uh, for freedom of speech and the things that every heart cries out for, and that is self-actualization. Any of you, those of you that have studied Maslow's theory, the hierarchy of needs, understand that at the very top of our agenda in all mankind and humankind is that uh, we want self-actualization. We've got to stand up for those people and stand up against this evil, oppressive government. And we've got to have voices. And and the, the NBA, the NFL, everybody, we've got to stand up, even though we make lots of money from them. We've got to stand up for what's right and fight against this oppression and stand for liberty uh, across the great Gulf. But uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to my uh, diatribe there. Uh, we're going to be uh, up next with Shane Krauser on the Constitution. So stay tuned. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, this is Matt Salmon again in for Mike Broomhead. Happy Friday. I have one of the preeminent constitutional scholars in the whole country on the line with me. Welcome, Shane Krauser. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm really thrilled to have you, Shane. We have about five minutes. Uh, sorry about the shortness. Next time I'm going to have you on a lot longer. But um, is there an erosion of the separation of powers in our country? Well, there's no question about it. You know, Matt, it's interesting you asked me that question right out of the gates because last night I was at a gathering where someone had asked about the Tenth Amendment, you know, this whole idea of federalism right. where the, the federal governments to stay in their lane, the state governments uh, have any authority that hasn't been granted to the federal government through the Constitution. They said, when are we going to get back to separation of powers? When are we going to get back to the Tenth Amendment? I said, when the people get serious about it. 
because the people, the, the government is simply a reflection of what the people understand with regard to the separation of powers, with regard to freedom, and with regard to the Constitution in general. So we, we absolutely have a big problem right now, but it's because we, the people, have allowed it to, to a large degree to happen to begin with. You know, most people don't understand this, but the Founding Fathers really believed that the seat of power was at the state level, and so that is why we have the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments to the Constitution, but they believed that the laws that uh, impacted people's lives on the, uh, you know, the, the, the most uh, intimate basis really resided with the states, and so that separation of powers has been violated time and time again under, uh, you know, dubious uh, assumptions like the general welfare clause and 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 I'm, it's, but it's garbage, isn't it? Absolutely. You look at uh, what has happened over the last 200 years is the Constitution with regard to the separation of powers issues has been turned on its head. The federal government has way too much power to allow the states to run their own show and that they were giving the federal government a very limited scope of authority to act in certain arenas. And at this point, you can walk into your living room, walk into your home, walk into your bathroom. And I can assure you that the government, the federal government is regulating from your dishwasher to your refrigerator to your toilet, and I'm not being facetious. These no, are I know. The federal government regulates, and how did that happen? Where, where did they get the authority to do that? They have no authority, but again, it comes back to we, the people, we've allowed this government to go rogue. We've allowed this government to abuse its authority, and of course, like Thomas Sowell says, individuals in government are concerned about two things, elections and re-elections, and so the people in government are simply doing what we, the people, are demanding, and we're certainly not demanding that, uh, that government is adhere to the authority uh, that we've ultimately granted to them through the Constitution. So the, the Constitution is crystal clear uh, in its delineation of uh, power uh, in Article 1, Section 8 to the Congress in enacting a budget, appropriating dollars, and in uh, creating laws. Um, I want to talk about a phenomenon known as executive orders. Are, yeah. can, you, can you give your thoughts on, on these executive orders that either appropriate or create new laws. Yeah, so there's two. There's really two different types of executive orders. One is legal and one is illegal. The one that's legal is where the president is operating within the scope of his authority within Article 2. So, for example, we go to war. At that point, the, the president is the commander-in-chief. He can issue executive orders right. to carry out that particular function. But those are generally not the executive orders that we're concerned about. We're concerned about what every president has done since the founding of this country, which is legislate with a pen. That is, create law through an executive order. And we know that Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution tells us that all legislative power is vested. That's a very important word. Vested in Congress. Right. That means something that's vested, it can't be delegated away. And all legislative power is held by those in Congress. And so the executive order that you're referring to, uh, Matt, is uh, those things where the president simply sits down, writes something with regard to an order that ultimately becomes a law that now is governing every every single one of us potentially. That is illegal, and that's something that, again, it's about the American people waking up, number one, but it's also about those at the state level waking up and recognizing that you have a potentially a president that's writing orders that's impacting what's going on in the states. When you don't have an understanding of this, when our elected officials don't have an understanding of this, what, what results? 
big, well, overblown, bloated government, which is what uh, we have today. Authoritarian government. Um, yep. Shane, um, most recently a judge struck down uh, President Biden's uh, executive order uh, doing student loan forgiveness, and rightfully so, because he didn't have any authority. That is a policy change. That's a law change. And he had, and it's an appropriations issue. And he had no authority to do so, and it was stricken down. Can I ask you a really pointed question, Shane? Do only Democrat presidents issue unconstitutional executive orders? <laughs> I'm laughing because President Trump issued them. Every president since the yep. founding of this country has issued illegal executive orders. Yep. And um, that, that's a big problem. And this student loan issue, that's a that's an easy one because there's no authority for the government, to, to the president, let alone even Congress, to create a law that forgives uh, these types of things, you know, forgives loans, something that you, you ultimately were under contract to pay for, and now a federal government comes in and says, oh, you don't have to pay for those things. That's absolutely illegal, and President Biden was way out of bounds, and the court absolutely did the right thing in striking that down. Well, Shane, I'm out of time, but God bless you, and thank you for doing what you do. Uh, I know that uh, if you keep speaking and people keep listening, we're going to turn this around. So thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt. All right. Next up, we're going to have Danny Seiden, the president of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, president and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, talk about how Arizona could and will be uh, the next uh, epicenter uh, for uh, semiconductor research and semiconductor manufacturing and why that matters. So stick with us. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. December. Santa is watching. He's coming soon. He's watching you. So be good. Um, President Joe Biden will be in Phoenix on December 6th to recognize a milestone in the development of the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company facility in North Phoenix. And while the hoopla about semiconductors in Arizona, on the line with me is the president and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, a dear friend, great guy, and uh, somebody that is really a mover and a shaker, Danny Seiden. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Matt. I appreciate it. I love the Christmas spirit uh, that you start the show off with. It's a good thing. But you're right. Santa Claus is coming to town in, uh, later in December. But next week, we have President Joe Biden, who's coming to see one of the most consequential construction projects in the state. And actually, I would say in the whole country. And what's exciting is TSMC is just one of two of our major semiconductor projects we have in the Valley. Because don't forget about the major Intel expansion happening right. in Chandler as well. Right. So these are very exciting. And these are just the tip of the iceberg of the promise of the Chips and Science Act that we uh, at the Chamber lobbied for and celebrated the signing of and worked very hard with our senior U.S. Senator Kirsten Sinema on. Well, so Danny, it, we're seeing it, the fruits of those labor. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. It was, it was a long time in coming, but you and uh, your chamber worked around the clock uh, to make sure that our two senators let out on it. And, and uh, I mean, besides uh, the financial incentives uh, that are going to be provided, uh, you know, 
to the semiconductor industry and also the research grants. In fact, I was just told that um, in the next couple of months, uh, the Department of Defense is going to release what they call the Microelectric Commons Network, which ASU uh, is going to be very, very uh, front and center on uh, as far as leading the way for the newer and better semiconductors of the future research. And that's really exciting. So there's lots of things happening. Why, why should Arizonas care about this? Well, first and foremost, I should care about it because semiconductors are necessary for everything that we do. Post-pandemic, people saw the supply chain, uh, you know, breakdown and what that did, you know, in terms of availability of goods. I mean, try buying a refrigerator, try buying a car. Uh, semiconductors are in everything. So the thought that Arizona is now going to be the semiconductor hub for the country, that's very exciting. And this TSMC project that they're announcing, this advanced nanometers, these are cutting edge chips. And then you had Apple announce that they're going to be buying their chips from Arizona. Arizona should be thrilled. I mean, we are, you know, the, we should probably consider changing it from the five C's to the six C's uh, of Arizona, making that six C chip. <laughs> it's really happening here, Matt. I, I, I love it, Danny. Uh, and, you know, in the past, uh, you know, I, I've been told, and again, I'm not the most technically or technologically adept guy in the universe, but uh, that there really are essentially a couple of kinds of semiconductors, the low or, uh, for lack of a better word, quality uh, semiconductors, uh, and then the higher quality semiconductors. And these higher quality semiconductors, have, there's been zero manufacturing of them in the United States. So not only is this a milestone and an important thing for Arizona, but for the whole country, because these kinds of semiconductors have not been manufactured for decades in this country, right? Yeah, I always want to be careful because, as you know, Matt, I'm a former Intellian uh, or someone who used to work at Intel. So Intel would argue that any semiconductor that they make is high quality, and they've been doing it for in Arizona for 40 years. But what you're, I think, what you're referring to is these new, um, the, the the new smaller nanometers. That's right? what I'm that's what I'm referring to. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. No, Thank you for cool. saving me on this. No, no, I know you, you you represented them in your district, so you and you did that very well. But uh, TSMC is is. You know, they're we're going to produce five nanometers. They've announced it's going to be four nanometers. And wow. actually, they're you know, by the time this project's over with, and I'm excited to hear what they say to the president, I'll be at that lunch. Um, I'm willing to bet we're going to be hearing a lot about three nanometers. And, you know, you can't even describe what the size of a nanometer is. It's, it's pretty much the length of your fingernail grows during the conversation, during the time this conversation is happening. So these chips are tiny, but they have the ability to power supercomputers, your phones, missiles defense systems. So it's a national defense issue for us to be able to onshore that here. And to have a country like Taiwan, and I just heard from the Taiwanese ambassador in Washington, D.C., say that Arizona has made them feel home, that a school like ASU that's going to graduate over 30,000 engineers has made them feel like we have the workforce that they need, that U of A with their research and development has the research that they need, that we are perfectly set to be the state that is going to be leading the world for semiconductors. Um, going forward. And these jobs, by the way, Matt, it just was announced that Arizona is now number one in the country in manufacturing job growth rate and heading into what could be a potential downturn. That's a good place to be for us to see us growing in these sectors that are high paying jobs. A manufacturing job in advanced tech like semiconductors pays, you know, almost always six figures, but more than twice the average other non-private sector jobs. So it's really exciting for Arizona. It shows you that policy matters, that Governor Ducey has done a good job as well as 
our senior center, Center Cinema and Senator Kelly, they've all worked together on this, and we're lucky to have them. We're lucky to have leaders like that. A- a- absolutely. And earlier this month, uh, Governor, or last month, uh, Governor Ducey also announced $100 million in funding to grow the state's uh, semiconductor manufacturing industry, and they're going to be managed by the Arizona Commerce Authority. Uh, so you're right. It's been all of our leaders uh, clicking on all cylinders to make this happen. And you've mentioned the high-paying jobs are one aspect of it. How about the vendors that are going to come in uh, and and work for those uh, companies like uh, for Intel? And, and being a former Intellian yourself, uh, you, you know what impact that's going to have on our economy. It's huge. The ripple, you know, we, we used to do economic impact studies every so many years at Intel. And, you know, one Intel job is worth four additional jobs. Uh, but the, what TSNC is doing is creating a brand new supply chain that they like to have here in the state. So we are seeing more and more vendors come here. And you're right. You mentioned the $100 million that was ceded to the Commerce Authority from the governor's office, which is being managed by Sandra Watson, who's very capable. So those new investments uh, that's going to that, that's going to help attract all the chemical producers that you need to make semiconductors. And those are high paying jobs, too. Those are engineers, all the packaging, all of the component parts that go into that. It's a whole new ecosystem of an economy that we are building here. And um, that hundred million dollars is just part of that. So, again, great leadership from them. And I'm, and I'm glad you pointed that out because everyone we talk about TSMC, we're talking about a major company. We're talking about Intel. We're talking about a major company. But these other ones, these vendors, these are small companies. These Big are deal. Small manufacturing, um, small business, backbone of the of the country, backbone of the state. So to have them come here and choose Arizona as well, it's just good for the state. It's good for the communities. And I'm excited to watch it. You know, our state is, it looks different than it did 10 years ago. It's going to look even more different 10 years from now in terms of the diversity of our economy. And I'm glad they're finding our state to be a welcome place for them to come, and, and I hope that we continue to have this opportunity for all mentality. Danny, I just have a couple minutes left, but um, we're lucky to have you in Arizona and the leadership that you provide for the business community. Um, there is a great uh, nexus between quality of life and the success of our business community. Um, we've seen that time and time again. What, what, what does the Arizona Chamber of Commerce do for the business community? Well, what we do is we act as the you know unified voice of the business community at the state, local, and federal level. And we're fortunate enough to work with people like you on occasion, especially on the federal level. But you know, especially when you were in Congress, Matt, you were a fantastic congressman. Always glad to be able to go to you. We work with Kirsten Cinema on the federal level, but a lot at the state capitol. And what we do is we work to 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 make Arizona the most globally competitive place to start a business, grow a business, or relocate a business. And we've been succeeding at that. So what I hope that President Joe Biden sees when he comes here is he sees one of the most competitive state economies, thanks to our favorable tax and regulatory environments. And we hope he takes those uh, Arizona lessons back to Washington and can apply them to the rest of the country. I think he's done some good things, and I think maybe if he takes a little bit of Arizona back to Washington with him, we'll be in better shape. Well, Danny, you led the charge on the lowest flat tax, uh, for flat income tax uh, for uh, uh, the, the entire country. And that is going to have reper- uh, wonderful, wonderful, positive repercussions for time to come on all of us. So thank you for all your great work and, and, and thanks for your leadership. 
Thank you so much, Matt. And yeah, thanks for pointing out. Arizona's got the lowest flat tax in the country. You're welcome. Move here and you'll see your taxes go down immediately. So and I can't think of a better way to, to sign off and say uh, happy, uh, you know, ha- happy holidays. Merry Christmas and uh, enjoy your low taxes. All right. Thanks a lot, Danny. And next uh, up, we're going to talk with Judge Glock, who is an expert on homelessness. And you probably saw that uh, there was a crackdown uh, by the city of Phoenix and we've got to talk about that as well.